Song Talk Radio with Michael, Neil, Phil, and the gang. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. And you know, in a way, we become better people. I'm your host, Mike Proudfoot, and with me are the members of the Song Talk Radio Action Team. My co-hosts, Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? Suntanned? Sunburned? Sunburned, even though I'm in St. Uh, John's, but I am trying to get a bit better each and every day as a person. Um, that is good. That's It's good to have goals, no matter how unattainable they may be. <laughs> <laughs> and Neil Modi, how are you, Neil? I'm also not sunburned? <laughs> uh, no, no, not quite sunburned. Didn't spend too much time in the sun uh, this weekend, but um, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing this thing about better people. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that, but, you know, getting there. <laughs> <laughs> about how we might become better people? Something like that. Well, I think by, as songwriters, we express the universal and we connect to people and we stir the emotions. And uh, I think that's a good thing. We just write singles. Or we, yeah, we just write, yeah, <laughs> or dirty limericks. I'm doing it, I'm yeah. doing it for checks. Oh, yeah. I'm, that's right. <laughs> for the children. I'm doing it for the money. For the money. And for the children. <laughs> the children. During the show, please, our uh, lovely listeners, feel free to send your comments and questions to at Song Talk Radio on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Or if you'd like to send us an email, then you can send an email to feedback at songtalk.ca and we will share your thoughts, your comments with the audience, unless they're really mean and hurtful, oh. in which case we'll keep them to ourselves. Oh, and please visit us at songtalk.ca to find out how you might be a guest on the show. Speaking of guests, oh, wait, before we get to our guests, uh, we have a little bit of uh, news and information. First thing I'd like to point out, if you were thinking about going to Vegas to see Aerosmith, because they have a residency there, don't. Apparently, they've canceled uh, the gigs up until September because Steven Tyler has gone back into rehab because of a painkiller addiction because of his injured foot. Mm. So you'll have to hold off on that. And uh, what else we got? Uh, Neil, we still have our ongoing Song Talk Challenge. Could you fill our listeners in about that? Yeah, in case you guys uh, don't know yet, because you certainly should, because you've been listening to the podcast, right? <laughs> Aren't you? Aren't you? <laughs> our song you are, are you, you're subscribing to our YouTube channel, yeah, aren't you? Possibly, aren't somehow. You? <laughs> Seen the webpage, at least. Okay, so our song uh, songwriting challenge for this year um, is to write based on a title. And, of course, the title we picked is Why Do You Cry? And uh, the three of us uh, hosts have been uh, sharing our answers to the challenge um, on the podcast the last few weeks. And uh, I, I did mine, and uh, Mike did his last week. And uh, Phil is queued up on deck for next week and um yeah so it's been an interesting challenge so far we've been getting uh submissions uh from our listeners as well so keep them rolling in guys it's, it's really great to hear uh your answers to the challenge and of course um next month uh, we'll be doing at least an episode or two on our listeners answers which is always a great way to spend <laughs> the podcast um talking about that stuff um yeah How's your, gotta, uh, has your song come along, Phil? It's coming along quite well, actually. Um, yeah, Excellent. it's it's um, it's been a very different w approach to writing a song, mm. and um, it's interesting as you go along, you sort of get these ideas and go, "Oh, maybe I'll try that." And uh, so, yeah, that's it's it's kind of fun. 
Mm-hmm. Perfect. It's a, it's a, it's a great way of push, putting yourself out of your comfort zone to try something new. Yeah, for sure. Hence, challenge. That is, uh, it challenges you, and it's it's been very good at doing that. All we've had, this is our third annual, and each one of them has been very good at challenge challenging each of us, yeah, and, for sure. uh, uh, and pushing us into creating songs in a in a uh, in a way that we had not hitherto for done. <laughs> Um, Phil, do you have a summit you'd like to mention? I can't remember. Did you have something you had, uh, something newsy, something? To- well, there's, um, a really fascinating, um, podcast by Rick Beato. I think, mm. uh, Neil was telling us about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm subscribed to Rick Beato on, on uh, YouTube. And if you guys are not subscribed to Rick Beato, you should definitely be, he's got a great series on what makes this song great, uh, where he talks about, uh, mostly classic rock songs and, and stuff. And, um, uh, and, and, and dissects them track by track and really talks about a lot of, a lot of stuff. He's got some things on music theory and he's a really, really good, uh, content creator and looks like he's starting his own podcast. And the first episode he's interviewing, um, author Ted Goya, G O G I O I A. Um, and I've never heard of this guy before, but you know, it's, it's an over an hour podcast. It took me a couple of days to get through it. And uh, it's, it had a really, really fascinating discussion because the, the, the title of this podcast is A Warning on the Future of Music. And this, this author, Ted Goya, is, he's a writer, really. He, write, he does write a lot about music, but he also writes about other things. And he's saying how, how publications and things are constantly over the last you know, 10, 15, whatever years are constantly asking him to write shorter and shorter essays and articles. And, you know, where it used to be 3000 words and it was a thousand words. Now, can you give me a 400 word article on this topic? I can, cause everything is getting smaller and smaller, uh, soundbite type of things. And, you know, the future of music, maybe a 16 second songs on, on TikTok. And, and he also gets into this really interesting discussion about, how like we've all experienced this as as musicians where you sort of get into the zone and even as listeners you get into that zone where you're kind of in this almost a meditative state where the where you're vibing with the music and it's and it's really kind of you know in your in in your inner being kind of thing and they and they've done studies where it takes like 10 minutes of a groove you know, to sort of get you there or sort of a rhythmic repetition to get you to that stage. So 16 songs on 16 second songs on TikTok. <laughs> you just couldn't like, you know, understand how that's the, that possibly could be a, a future, but they get into a whole bunch of different um, related topics. And I actually started listening to an NPR um, episode uh, with Ted Goya talking about um, uh, was music discovered or was it invented? And he goes back into these really interesting historical tidbits about, about, about Western music in, in particular and how it evolved over time and Pythagoras and what he had to say and what he had, what his influence on it was and all the, all the sort of cultural stuff around it and stuff and really, 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 really fascinating um, uh, stuff. And he's a really good speaker too, as far as just explaining stuff. And um, I would definitely recommend. Now, would I be right if I pointed out that when we post the show, that that link will be available. That link will be available. Darn tootin'. All right. Perfect. I'm I'm keeping notes as we go along. Excellent. (laughs) Well, now let's get to the main event. He's returning by 
popular demand. And when I say popular demand, I mean us, because us. <laughs> we really enjoyed having him on as a guest before, and his music is fantastic. Tonight's guest is a multi-instrumentalist and songwriter with a uniquely imaginative multi-genre style that is refreshingly different, to, difficult to categorize. Gilbert Neal was born in Buffalo, New York, and currently is based in North Carolina. He is first and foremost a songwriter, with most of his lyrics being quite personal, telling a specific story or referring to a particular incident or an extremely eventful life. Thematically, Gilbert is inspired by religion, politics, sex, loss, and even parental love. His sometimes quirky songs can be tongue-in-cheek, theatrical, and somewhat socialist, frequently weaving in and out uh, sexual and godless messages in the lyrics. <laughs> Though perhaps it feels socialist and godless down in North Carolina. <laughs> Up here in Canada, it's just par for the course. <laughs> Now, in the wake of a pandemic that waxes and wanes but never quite finishes, Neil delivers a provocative and bitingly personal record, I'll See You When I See You. And in it, Neil tackles a very wide swath of emotional content. On one level, it maps the dissolution of perhaps a virtual, maybe a long distance, but a romantic entanglement. And on another level, it explores the mystery and dread suddenly globally framed by the perception of Russian culture. Hello, Gilbert. Welcome back to Song Talk Radio. Hi. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Great to have you. So, uh, man, so many questions, but let's start kind of wide and we'll narrow down. This latest release of yours, where did it come from? What spurred it? And what's it all about, man? <laughs> um, I had a friend um, who he actually produced my first first album, and uh, we were very close since we were kids and uh, he was sort of falling apart. And he said that, you know, we people only have kindness to offer. And um, so I went online, of course, and the first opportunity I got to give kindness to someone was in Russia. And um, they were trying to assemble uh, a podcast about gaming. And I just gave them advice about equipment and things like that. The person I spoke to became very close friend. Uh, we talked just about every day, went back and forth, uh, discussed uh, their culture, my culture, and all the things that were different. I'd show them around grocery stores and stuff. But eventually, the relationship turned into the same thing that's doomed a lot of relationships of mine, which is me. And I used to think that it was sort of a, just being unlucky, but I realized that the whole thing was about me and my need for validation on, on many fronts. And we, we stopped talking because this person who lived thousands of miles away ended up having the same problem with me that other people had. And it made me really think of validation and the need for it and where it comes from as sort of an ethereal sort of love affair with uh, uh, a woman and, um, and, and how you can just, how they just, everything can just go away if you, if you don't, cage that thing, you know, and that's what the whole album is about. It's about validation um, and my various run-ins with different people. It sounds obviously very personal. How difficult was it to excavate these very personal feelings and lay them out in song form and expose them to the world? Well, the first thing I had to do was go, I, I went, I'm, I saw a therapist about it. And eventually came up with the answer, uh, it's me. It's not them. 
They, they, these various people of different phases of my life, it's not their fault. It's my fault. I keep doing the same thing. I keep treating people with either bad value because I don't see enough reciprocal or I treat them with great value, even though they give me nothing. And that's internal. That's all me. And it was really hard to admit. And I'm, I'm very grateful to her for, for doing that. And she didn't even mean to, but, um, that's, that's where Russia comes in because Russia is somebody so far away that you'll never meet in your life. And, and you, all you have is good intentions. All you want to be is kind and giving, and it just falls apart. It just crumbles to the ground and it's because of you. So it was very hard because it's really confessing that, that if I could go back and tell everybody it's my fault, it's my fault. No one else's my fault. So did the album start off with that intent or did it wind up with that intent? Lyrically, it wound up with that intent. Uh, the whole thing started, it was supposed to be, you know, my last album was, was called um, Mistakes of Memory and it was all supposed to be one big thing that no one bought. It turned into two little things that no one bought, but I split, <laughs> I took the first half cause I wanted to put something out that no one bought. And, and so that's, that's mistakes of memory. And then the second half was going to be, um, the songs that I had left over from the thing that no one bought. But I also had a fugue that I thought was really nice. I opened the, the last one with it and I closed this one with it cause I was really proud of it. Cause I was listening to a lot of gentle giant. Um, but the song you're going to play vapor girl uh, was a sort of a, a challenge in theory. Can I write two entirely different pieces of music with two entirely different themes and tones with the same melody? I mean, I know it can't be done, obviously, but is the opening of melody, and it's also the closing melody with different chords and different instrumentation, and it turned into sort of an exercise, but eventually... Uh, Vapor Girl made herself plain because that's that's the way I feel. And that's that's the way I feel about the ethereal nature of seeking validation when you don't validate yourself. Was it easy for you to sort of I mean, Mike alluded to this about the the the, the difficulty maybe with ex exposing yourself emotionally like that through through song was like Vapor Girl is obviously a metaphor. Like you even discussed it. It was this kind of ethereal thing. Was was that a challenge for you to to find the the sort of gateway into um, expressing those emotions without expressing them plainly? Yes, yes. Um, there's another song called. Um, it's actually uh, um, "I'll See You When I See You" is the title song, and it's the same thing. It's it's like. Uh, um, everybody's the same. I'm the one who keeps changing. I'm the one who, who's like, um, I'm like a, a model agent in that song. Cause I'm, I'm looking at these models thinking, you know, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? Um, but eventually I'm the one who falls apart. I'm the one who, who is to blame for that. So Vapor Girl is very hard because, um, it's taken me a long time to get here. Mm -hmm a long time. And, and the songs I've done before then are sort of, uh, um, there's humor, there's seriousness, there's theater, there's drama, there's all that stuff, but I've never laid myself bare as much as on this one. 
Mm. Um, because you have to commit. Yeah. yeah. I, I just I was curious with this new approach with lyrics and intent, how did it change how you approached it uh, musically or, or how you wrote the songs for this or did it? Well, um, the way I really like to write is the same. And that is uh, sing song melodies with the world falling down underneath them. So if like, for instance, um, uh, Frere Jaca with nothing but, you know, augmented chords and flat fits and things like that. That's what I, that's what I'd like the best. So it really didn't change my musical aspect of it. It just changed it lyrically and it gave it sort of a patina of, of, um, of distress, sort of like a, um, a really good Eagles throwaway song. Like they put at the end of the album, they used to do that, that thing all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it didn't really change the music. I, 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 just, I just adore some of the instrumentations and the arrangements. Let's get into the, um, the actual meat of the song. Cause it's, it's really fascinating. Like it's not a straightforward pop song, which is so cool. So let's talk about how did you like? Did you start off with a melody and then build chords underneath it? Did you start off with chords, come up with a melody, or I started with a sing song melody. Um, ba, ba, from Raleigh to St. Petersburg, I've been around the world. Um, but I also have a program on my keyboard. Um, uh, it's a guitar program. And um, it, it simulates acoustic guitar strumming and everything like that. I hardly, hardly play guitar in this at all, but um, when you smush your fingers together and you set it a certain way, it came up with the main thing going through it. And that forms sort of the bedrock of the original part of it. But then eventually I, I, I had to keep going with, um, with uh, other ideas. And that's where the combination of changing the entire entire structure beneath that sing-song melody came up later um and uh the in the in the middle there's a sax solo which which sounds sort of like yacht rock but um but i really wanted that to be uh, a, a a level of competence that i couldn't um i couldn't create i wanted to hire soloists and people to create those those solos and um keep it really simple and then devolve into this, the, these chords that, that, that don't sound good together at all. So there's, um, there are some key changes, I think, aren't there? Every song. <laughs> so can I talk about the key changes? I can't help it. Sure. I can't help it. Yeah. Can we talk about the key changes in this song? Sure. Um, it has, uh, um, an ascending whole tone scale. Um, the melody is um, not in a major scale. It's sort of a sort of a um, harmonic, harmonic major, harmonic minor, whatever. And um, the the end of it doesn't really have a key. It's it's um, it's a series of double whole steps uh, descending. I'm not sure that it has a key. I'm not sure that it has a key. Um, not to say that it's great or it's 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 genius or anything like that. I'm saying it doesn't it doesn't really have a key. 
except for the solo. But even the solo, the sax solo, is just ascending whole stone, whole, whole tones. So whatever key that is, that's the key. Hmm. C, C major, <laughs> D major, C major-ish. Listen to listen to the song. I mean, tell yeah, me let's, what, let's, what key it's in. I don't know. Let's do that. Let's. Uh, I, this has gotten me very intrigued now because mm. I did sort of take it at face value. I didn't really think about that musical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So um, let, let's take a listen to it. But before we we do, Gilbert, is there anything in particular in this song you want us to listen for? Any moment that you're particularly happy with, or? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy with the whole thing, but it's not really a single. It's not supposed to be a single. Mm -hmm. If you listen to it, it's just like the opposite of what a single should be. It's it's longish, and and like you say, you know, it's got constant key changes. I'm not even sure that it's, it's in a key, but um, I think the lyrics are kind of clever. And we did a video for it, so it that was video, yeah. that was some money that I spent. Cool. On that thing. Excellent. Hey, how much? You, how, how much are you gonna play? I mean, I don't know. The whole damn thing, thing, thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's listen to it. Let's All right. Real. I'll sit still. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Try tone.
time I heard this song, um, I, I didn't pick up, I was expecting, you know, really radical key changes because I know your stuff from before and I, I wasn't hearing it. And maybe, maybe it is because you're using this whole note scale and you say you, you admitted like maybe it doesn't have a key, but I think, I think the other thing is like, if you introduce a musical motif like that and, and you stick to it, the listener kind of gets accustomed to it very quickly. Yeah. And by the time the intro is done, it's like, okay, I'm in, I'm in the zone. I'm in the vibe of this song. I'm in that tonal uh, area that you've prescribed. And, and it seems to me that you, you, you do stick to it pretty consistently because the melodies all have that same shape. And especially, especially if stayed in room, so it's great and squalid. Like it, it rises up that, that whole note scale. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. Cool. Um, I like the line. The, the the thing I like about the song is the line, and sees the pleas in her disease. I it's me that, that she's outgrown. Outgrown, yeah. And it's it's just, it. I think it captures very very nicely the fact that our relationship decayed because she's outgrown this whole thing with me, mm. you know. But uh, yep. And it's really interesting. The I sees the pleas in her disease, like rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. And and this the song is very rhymey. The lyrics are very rhymey, and I, I wonder if that's something 
is, is that is that a conscious choice to sort of um, soften the blow, if you will, from the musical weirdness of it? Yes. Right? To sort of if you keep it rhymey, then it sort of makes it a little bit popular, a little bit more easily digestible than it would be otherwise. Is that something you do strive for? Or? Yes, it is. It's it's again. It's like I like sing songy things. They're just there's a simplicity that I I try not to like. If that's a cliche, I mean, that's my cliche is doing that is, is just, you know, like I said, flat fits and lyrics that are maybe um, word games, you know, I mean, I use I use the word plethysmograph in a couple of my songs, a couple <laughs> in a couple of my songs. Yeah, it's like one is like a little bit, you know, two of them. I don't know like, what coca trees are. What are co- co- coca trees? Coca trees? Coca trees. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, Mike. Uh, so I took it. I mean, flirting. Coquetries, yeah, niceties, like 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 compliments, like like, being like coquettish, right? Yeah, like being flowery, complimentary, okay. sort of fake, seductive. You know. Yeah. And, and who doesn't get enough of that? I mean, it's just yeah. it, you know, we're friends again. She and I are, by the way. Oh, good. But oh. I had to, I had to sort of put a, a shot collar on my neck to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to know where the line is to know where the line is the line is every morning i cannot text her and say hey how you doing <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, well. i give it time to breathe so i'm trying to exercise that in my whole life and my other relationships and um uh it's hard because it's such learned behavior and um and 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 validation is a powerful drug and i think I think it's it sort of defines everybody's childhood and however you get it. Hmm. So when I was a parent myself, when I'm a parent, the thing that I would give them as far as validation is concerned is freedom, but a little guidance, like or, or to stay on the road a little bit. But you can do what you want, mm-hmm. you know. So I really like the. Um, oh, I really like the. Um, uh, during the solo, the uh, there's such an interesting chords. Uh, there's such an interesting chord on the end of um, each line. Like you have like this sort of phrase where the you know, and it's repeating, and it's it, it's a chord. It sounds like it's a borrowed chord. It doesn't sound like it's perfectly in key. That was so <laughs> yeah. neat. It's one of them borrowed there was chords. No <laughs> If I had a, like a piano, a working piano or a guitar, I could tell you what the key of the, the yeah. verse is. But again, there's a flat fifth in there and it doesn't make any sense. So I'm sure our listeners will let us know what key it's in. Please very do. Good at this. Mm-hmm. That but would it's, be good, yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. And then there's a really interesting key change after the solo into the next verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not like it's a fifth, it's not like it's a fourth or a third. It's 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 kind of jarring, but it's. Uh, you mean the acoustic part, the acoustic guitar part? Yeah, like what? Yeah, it's the solo. It's just. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just like that's it's the melody is the same as the beginning. Yeah, this this the melody line, but it's just different chords of different feel. Um, the only thing that's the same, I think, is the is the tempo, but um. Uh, uh, for the video, we cut it down a lot, and and it sounds. I almost uh, at the end of the unedited version, at the end when I'm doing those la la las, I sound like Betty Davis, or um, or uh, uh, um, 
someone falling down the stairs or, or um, uh, some Sunset Boulevard that lady, you know, Nora Desmond and Sunset Boulevard. But I don't, you know, I don't know if I meant to do that or if I just ran out of like energy. <laughs> because because you do these kind of conceptual albums and in particular because this one has a really long instrumental section in, in the middle right mm, yeah you never hear that anymore at least not in pop music is it you, you ever you ever dedicate a track on your in the middle of your album that's just an instrumental piece uh no no you know you know why i don't do that is because um first of all i don't think my music is, is necessarily good enough uh, I think I'm a lyric guy and I don't have time to, to do that. Um, in my, I don't think I, I, this is why I keep going is because I don't think I have time to like take on a side project. Like, you know, let's do a Beatles cover band or let's do uh Aerosmith before 1979. Let's do XTC. <laughs> um, I just, I, I just, um, don't think I have time to do anything except for exactly what comes to me. Okay. And that that pre, that means I can't collaborate. That means I can't, you know, mm. uh, be in a cover band or a jazz group. It's because I'm really focused on getting out all of these ideas, you know, before I have a, before I stroke out. Are you playing all the instruments on this? No, okay. no. I'm less and less. As a matter of fact, the sax solo is by a fellow from Cleveland. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I have a I have a guy up there, um, uh, uh, Jacob Wynn who has an organization called the Cold City Horns. And whenever I need horns, I use him. He, the, he, he plays the, the trumpet solo at the end of, of um, Are We Even on this album that is just, it just blows my mind. He's so good. And it's so good to have these people. I'm trying not to piss him off too much with my need for validation. <laughs> but, um, and I'm using other guitar players. I use a guitar player from Russia. The voice actress you heard was um, mm. E. Katerina from uh, Moscow. Um, so oh, as much people. Um, what is it called? Uh, Sound Better. Sound Better? Yeah, soundbetter.com. Uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where you find, you know, really competent guitar players. Um, uh, I've got pedal steel and all that stuff. The only thing I won't won't give up is bass guitar. You know that's not that's never going to happen. I'm never going to use another one okay. <laughs> um, because I paid too much for the one that I have. So <laughs> I'm going to use it. Of that, you know, free song. You know. So yeah. Well, and if, if that's your wheelhouse, if that's your primary instrument, then yeah, you don't want to give that up. But then again, I mean, I mean, you're a songwriter, Neil. I mean, you 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 hear those things. You 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 can parse those things. Yes. Whereas, you know, somebody uh, like who I went to high school with who's maybe a Facebook friend who hears this, um, they're going to think this is stupid. Why are you why are you releasing this as a signal? Well, there you are. Yeah, it's nice. The fact that it's actually five minutes. Uh, I've been so worried about doing short songs and I don't know if we should be worried about that. You know, especially because, you know, I don't think I'll ever be on the hit parade. So there's no, mainly because I use the phrase hit parade. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the hit parade, number four with a bullet. Never, with Gilbert Neal. With Gilbert Neal. Paper Girl's been on the top of the charts for five weeks now. <laughs> um, so the first song on this album is eight minutes long. And I agree with it's like you. Three songs. I listened to it. It's like three songs. <laughs> it is three songs. See, <laughs> things still going on. <laughs> um, 
That's what my that's what my wife said. But anyway, um, <laughs> please just edit that out. Um, <laughs> no way. So I was in a so when I was in a band, um, our one of our instrumentalists, his house we used to use, and he used to smoke an awful lot of dope. And um, I used to come over early because we would have these little conversations, and we had talked about this very thing. Can you write a song with three minutes in mind? Can you say I'm going to write a three minute song? And my my position to him was yes, you can, but then you have then then you're 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 gearing your art towards something that's artificial. Um, I'm going to write the longest song ever, you know, like John Cage, or I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to write a song that has nothing but swear words in it, or whatever. And and these things are they make the money, but um, and then he threw his beer at me. And that was the end of that band. Wait, hold on a second. But why is that artificial? Because to me, to me, um, whatever inspires you, whatever comes along, comes along. And you can't, and, and I, I never put like a timer on and say, well, this is three minutes. That's enough. Obviously, I don't feel that way because obviously some of these songs just stretch on and on and on. Um, but that's not to me that's not songwriting that's like song craft and the two different things mm-hmm. song craft is to make is to make a marketable product that's pleasant that people like and doesn't test their patience and that's great i just don't do that mm. i test your patience all the time so you, you you would never do a songwriting challenge the way we're doing a songwriting challenge well i was thinking about that and i was thinking about um the title as you were talking about it and i actually got got a good idea what do you think about swear words? I mean, are swear words allowed in these yeah, things? They yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Are they encouraged, Mike? <laughs> Mike, like, yes, they well, are. It depends on the situation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, re- I was inspired by your conversation, and I, I definitely think that I can do it. Um, uh, I hope I don't need to produce, like, have a pr- whole production if I can just sing it. It can just be it can just be one plus one. It can just be acoustic guitar and, and singing, or or bass guitar and singing. Would, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever is needed to communicate the idea. Yeah. Okay. A cappella, hell, you know, whatever. I have no. I have an. I have an idea. It's gonna oh, be great. Yeah. Well, you've you've got time. You've got time. You got a few weeks. Anyway, a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you about, uh, lyrically about it. The song "The Vapor Girl" is metaphorical, and you know the Vapor Girl represents something else other than a literal uh, X-Men person or or someone with superpowers. Um, So she stayed in rooms so gray and squalid. What is the bigger meaning of that? If if I can ask it, I don't know. Maybe you don't want to nail things down, especially something so ephemeral as vapor. Well, um, that is to presume that my validation can free them. It is to say, mm. it is meant okay. to say, your life is shit without me. Right. You have nothing without me. That's that's what it's meant to say. That's what it's meant to, meant to convey. And that's that's tailored off the fact that you remember I was telling you about my friend mm-hmm. in Moscow. Well, they have a very small house. And if you've ever seen Moscow, it's just lined with these big block apartments that are really, really yeah. tiny. And um and that's sort of the um, metaphor of uh, somebody f- actually from Russia and um, 
the confines with which one will find themselves in unless and until they validate me. Got it. Huh. Saying it out loud really is cruel, I think. That's why you make a metaphor in a song out of it to soften the cruel, right? Right. Yes, this is true. Because um, if you were, if you were, if you were doing, if you were to take that idea and do like slam poetry, it could be really harsh and kind of, kind of dirty, right? And kind of grimy. This is true. This is true. Um, you can do that with a song too. I mean, you know, if you wrapped it, maybe it would be a different, a different thing. But don't push me. Don't push me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! There's that music. That music is uh, the band playing us out. That's they want to all go the home. time we have for this particular that just episode. Spent by, didn't it? <laughs> it really does go by. Uh, thank you uh, so much, Will Gilbert, for uh, thank you so much, guys, and, and checking Great us too. through this very uh, wonderful personal project of yours. Thank you so uh, much. I, I loved it. Love talking to you guys. Thank you so much. It's good to talk to you again. Awesome. But yeah, I'm afraid it's all the time we have tonight on Song Talk Radio. Thank you all for joining us. Send us your impressions on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to at Song Talk Radio. Or send us one good old-fashioned emails to feedback at songtalk.ca. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos, full episodes, and so much more. People in little boxes talking to each other with scarcely any delay. Or, oh, it's fantastic. And you can get all that and more if you stop by the site at songtalk.ca. And please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's the only way we can keep our kids fed. Most of us don't have kids. Subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher.com, Spotify, or Podcast Addict. And don't forget to sign up for a free newsletter at songtalk.ca. And uh, I think that's um, pretty well it. Oh, we've got a meetup coming up very soon, so please, it's free to join on meetup.com, and it's free to attend. So please bring your song and bring yourself to the next meetup. You can check that out at uh, songtalk.ca, and you can find the, the, the link to the meetup. Uh, and if you want more of us, well, first of all, Gilbert, where do we get more of you? Uh, GilbertNeal.com, N-E-A-L, GilbertNeal.com. And uh, my record company is Wampus, so it's Wampus.com. Uh, the wonderful writing that you read at the beginning of the show is uh, all uh, Mark Doyen, who's the record company guy. And um, so, yeah, check me out at uh, GilbertNeal.com. That'll lead to all of the other stuff. Wonderful. We shall do that. Uh, Neil, when people want more of you, where do they go? They can come to my house. No, actually, okay, just visit me at Please do not publish my address. <laughs> You're being doxxed now. Hello. And Phil, how do we get more of you? How do we get our Phil? Yeah. Just go to philabrady.ca. Perfect. And you can get a bit of me at uh, Proudfoot420 on Instagram. And uh, that's about it. So please stop by our website at songtalk.ca to browse past shows and find out how you might be a guest. And for God's sake, keep on songwriting. Do it, do it now. <laughs> Long.